The Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11, he said, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. There's four words there that I took notice of years ago that I thought of interest. I underlined in my Bible that Paul said, for I have learned tells me that Paul was a learner. The Lord could teach Paul and Paul would listen and Paul would learn. You know, we too always need to be learners. And to learn, you've got to be teachable. We need to be learners, but in order to learn, you've got to be teachable. Some people just aren't teachable. Here in Luke chapter number 11, the disciples have a desire to learn and they're asking the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. And so Jesus begins to speak. And it's important that I think that I, I, I just reiterate this. This is the Lord Jesus Christ who is speaking here. This isn't just someone that is saying, hey, try this, it might work. But this is the Lord Jesus Christ who is giving these instructions and is teaching the disciples and he's saying that it will work and it will work because Jesus said it would work. Look, if you would please, there in chapter 11, skip down to verse number 9. The Lord says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I'm sure you probably have already had these words circled in your Bibles. If not, I encourage you to do so. Ask, seek, and knock. These are three little words. But you know, if you go and you find a door, that door will have three small hinges. And that door will swing open on those three little hinges. And young people, I'll tell you these three little words. Ask, seek, and knock. If you will ask, if you will seek, and if you will knock, it's on those three little words, a mighty big door will swing open into a room that is full of treasures, that is into a room that is full of miracles, into a room full of God's provision. And so therefore, we need to learn to ask, we need to learn to seek, we need to learn to knock, we need to learn to pray. And so since this is the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, we would do well to listen and to learn from the Lord. Let me give you three things this morning about this subject of prayer based on these three words, ask, seek, and knock. Number one, when you ask, dependence is expressed. When you ask, dependence is, ex is expressed. You know what you're saying when you don't pray? When you don't pray, basically what you're saying to God, God, I got this. Lord, I've got this, Lord. I, I can handle this, Lord. Lord, I don't need any help. I can take care of this. That's basically what you're saying. And to be honest with you, I don't think any of us here today would dare say, I've got this. I don't need the Lord, right? 
I think we all would say, yes, I need the Lord every day, every step of the way. But when you do not pray what you are saying, even though you may not be saying it, what you're saying is, Lord, I've got this. I can handle this, Lord. But when you pray, you are saying, Lord, I cannot do this without you. Lord, I've got to have your help. I've got to have your provision. I've got to have your wisdom. Lord, I've got to have your strength. Lord, I've got to have your presence. And I can tell you the greatest problem in Christianity, the greatest problem in Christian homes, the greatest problem in marriages, the greatest problem in churches, and the greatest problem in Bible college students' lives is not unanswered prayers, but unoffered prayers. Jesus says, ask. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4 and verse number 2, it says, we have not because we Ask not. You know, there are so many blessings and provisions that you will miss out on simply because you do not pray and ask. And not only is it a tragedy, young people, but it's a sin. Because God not only invites us to pray, but he commands us to pray. Turn over, if you would, please, to Luke chapter number 18, just a few pages over in your Bibles. Luke chapter number 18. Look at verse number 1. The Bible says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. You ought to circle the word always there. That men ought always to pray and not to faint. In Mark chapter 14, verse 38, Jesus commands us to pray or else we will go down into temptation. Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. Let me tell you this morning, there is no substitute for prayer. There isn't. There's no substitute for prayer. We'll say, well, I'll study harder, I'll work harder, I'll do this, I'll do that. Listen, there is no substitute for prayer. But here's our problem that we have in the day and age that we live in as far as trying to learn this principle when it comes to praying. Our way of daily living really hinders us because there's a substitute for everything in life. If your regular teacher is not able to come, maybe they're sick, they won't be in class today to teach your class, you will have a substitute teacher. Ladies, as you work in the kitchen and you prepare food and so forth, and maybe you don't have a certain ingredient that you need to, 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 to make the dish that you're making, oftentimes you will have something that you can substitute for that. If you don't have a car... You can get a bike. If you don't have a bike, maybe you can get a ride with a friend. If you can't get a ride with a friend, you can walk. Even in communication, you can fax documents. But if you can't fax the documents, you can scan and email those documents. And if you can't scan and email, you can fold them up, put them in an envelope, and you can send them through the snail mail and, 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 and get the documents sent. But there's always a way. There's always a substitute. And because of this... We can be prone to think that we do not need to pray, that we can substitute something else for prayer. 
But I'm here to tell you there is no substitute for praying. None. Take your Bibles, if you would, please. Turn back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Look down to verse number 7, if you would, please. Again, the Lord speaking here, he says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they should be heard for their much speaking. Be not, yet, be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. Now, when you read that, that verse... Then the question comes, well, if God already knows what I need, if he already knows what's going on, why do I need to pray? There's a number of reasons. Let me just give you a couple of reasons. First of all, prayer is a way to fellowship with God. Prayer is a way to fellowship with God. Prayer is also a way to develop as a Christian. The word ask and seek and knock are in the linear, which means we are to keep on asking. We're to keep on seeking. We're to keep on knocking. As you know, especially those of you in education majors, uh, repetition is the key to learning. I recall a teacher I had back when I was in college. It was my freshman year. Went to class, I believe it was a Monday, Tuesday class. Went to class on Monday morning. Sat there for the class, went back to class for the Tuesday morning. First thing he said, he says, all right, he said, everybody take out a piece of paper. I'm thinking, Lord, have mercy. Certainly we're not having a quiz already. He said, number for, put your name at the top, number from one to five. We did that, and he asked us five questions from the day before class. Well, that... Day came to a close, and then the next week came, Monday, Tuesday, class again, went back into that class. He said, all right, and he said, everybody take out a piece of paper, put your name at the top, number it from one to eight. He said, and then the first five questions were the same as last Tuesday, and then he added several more questions from the second day of class. Tuesday morning came, he said, all right, take out a piece of paper, now we're up to about ten questions. By the end of the semester, I don't recall, but... Our final exam was like 200, 250, 300 questions. It got to the place during the semester. He'd say, all right, take out a piece of paper, put your name at the top. He said, you already know what the first 50 questions are, just fill them in. i tell you what, I found out real quick, repetition is the key to learning. We were learning, we were putting it down. Hey, when you pray, when you keep on asking, when you keep on seeking, when you keep on knocking, it's going to help you to develop as a Christian. You're going to learn as a Christian. But not only is repetition the key to learning, but repetition also makes you stronger. 
you fellas that go to the gym and you work out and so forth, you walk into the gym and you'll flop down on that bench and, and you'll work out and you'll do your five set of five of the bench press and do some uh, 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 workout and then you'll come back on Wednesday and you'll plop back down on the bench and you'll do your five set of five and then you'll come back on Friday and you'll do the same thing. And after weeks, after weeks, after weeks uh, of doing that, you're going to get stronger. Why? Because re those repetitions are going to make you stronger. Listen, that's why the Lord says, hey, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's going to help you to develop as a Christian. You're going to fellowship with the Lord, but it's also going to make you stronger as a Christian. Because I can tell you, there's going to be situations that have come into your life, young people. There's going to be times that will come and you're going, to, you're going to look to God and say, God, why are you allowing this to come into my life? My little two-year-old boy and what he's going through. And I can tell you, there are a lot of times people get bitter. They get upset with God. They get angry at God. Why? Because they have failed to develop as a Christian. While you're here at West Coast Baptist College and you're learning all there is to learn, make sure you learn how to pray. And so the Lord says, ask. May I say to you, the devil cannot keep God from answering your prayers. Amen? The devil cannot keep God from answering your prayers. So he'll do everything in his power to keep you from praying. Think about that. The devil cannot keep God from answering your prayer, so he will do everything in his power to keep you from going to God and praying. And the Lord says to you, ask. So we ask, that's dependence expressed. I don't ever want to say, Lord, I've got this, I don't need you, I can handle this. But friend, I can't, I Need the Lord. So do you. Number two, when we seek, direction is explored. When we seek, direction is explored. The idea of the word seeking implies that you're looking for something. There's something to be found. So when we, when, when we pray, what is it that we are to seek? What is it we're seeking when we pray? Several things, I'll give these to you quickly. Number one, seek the purpose of God. Seek the purpose of God. When I was a teenager, we had a missionary in to speak. And at our church that, uh, that I was attending as a, as a teenager, it's a kind of a, a smaller country church. And it wasn't, the, you know, people going to the altar and praying was just a, it wasn't a very regular thing. And so as a teenager, he, this, this missionary, uh, he preached. And, and as he got done preaching, the Holy Spirit really spoke to my heart. It's just about surrendering to whatever God's will would be for my life. We stood and we had the invitation and no one, of course, is coming forward to pray. And I'm a teenager sitting back with the teen group and so forth. And, and the Holy Spirit is just really working hard on my heart. As I stood and I said, well, Lord, I said, if they have another verse of invitation, I'll go forward and I'll pray. Sure enough, and it just, this, wasn't a, this was an unusual thing for them to do, but they had another verse of invitation. I mean, this is after they'd already had several. Had another verse of invitation. No one's coming forward, and he has another verse of invitation. I think, oh, Lord, this isn't supposed to happen. They're supposed to close it down by now. I said, Lord, if they have another verse of invitation, I'll go forward. And they had another verse of invitation. And I believe with all my heart, if I had never went forward, we'd still be standing to this day. <laughs> 
I finally, I came, no one else had come forward, and I came and I knelt down and I prayed and I said, Lord, I don't know what it is you want with me, what you want to do with me, in me, through me. But Lord, whatever your purpose is, I'm surrendering to that. Later on, after that, I was at a youth conference, and it was at that youth conference, there was the challenge of going to Bible college for a year. And I grew up, my dad was a businessman. He was a very successful businessman, natural like any uh, daddy wants his son to take over the family business. And that was my plans to do that, to go to University of Cincinnati, major in accounting, and, uh, and just take over the family business. It was at that youth conference, I said, okay, Lord, if you want me to go to Bible college, I'll go to Bible college for a year. And, and so I graduated a year early from high school, and I went off to Bible college for that first year, just planned on being there for a year. During my first semester in Bible college, I felt the Lord working on my heart about preaching. And, and, uh, I, and then so I, I, I surrendered that December 10th, 1989. I said, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I'll do that. Lord, whatever your purpose is, Lord, I'm surrendering to that. When it came time to graduate, I felt the Lord was leading me in the pastoring, and we ended up going and starting a church. And, but I'll be honest with you, I didn't want a pastor. I didn't grow up in a PK's home. For those of you that hate speech class, that was me. Our speech class, I remember one time, in fact, I took a preaching class. Oh, my word, there was probably six, seven hundred men in that class. I'm thinking, oh, Lord, please don't let him call on me. Speech class, I didn't want to take speech. I didn't want a pastor. But, you know, I learned to do something. I learned to pray this. I learned to pray and I said, Lord, if what I want isn't what you want, change my wanter. Lord, if what I want isn't what you want for me, Lord, change my wanter. You see, young people, he says, ask, and he says, seek. And when you seek, you're seeking the purpose of God. When you pray, direction is explored. And you may sit here and you may be like me and you say, you know, that's not what I want to do. Well, why don't you come and bow the knee and say, okay, Lord, if my wants and your wants for me are are not the same. Lord, will you change my wanter to want what you want for me? Seek His purpose. Seek His presence. James 4 a says to draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to you. Hey, may I say to you uh, this morning, hey, want God. Want God. Don't make the mistake to want what God has or what God can do and not want God himself. I, as a pastor, I think I see that quite a bit. I see people who they want what God can do. They want the, the answer to the prayer. It's not God that they're necessarily wanting, but they want what God is able to do. May I say to you this morning, hey, want God. Want him. Desire him. So I'll say to you, if, if, if your desire, your motive for praying is only because of what God can do, you're not going to pray long. Want Him. Seek the power of God. Seek the purpose of God. Seek the presence of God. Seek the power of God. 
I illustrated this year at our, at our church and, 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 and speaking and pe- uh, preaching on prayer. We've been on a series and then on, on, on our Sunday night service and I had a vacuum and I went down and, and I had the vacuum and, and I was just, boy, I was just running that vacuum there in front of the church and boy, I tell you, I said, man, I tell you, this vacuum isn't working. What's wrong with this vacuum? And, and boy, I would try to, 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 to use it and work hard and go around. It's, ah, so frustrating. This vacuum's not working. And finally I stopped and I looked at them the people and I said, what's wrong with the vacuum? It wasn't a trick question. It was an obvious answer. So, well, pastor, plug it in. Plug it in. Man, I took it, I unwound that vacuum and I went and I plugged that vacuum in and I flipped the switch and man, the vacuum came on, the power came on and I was like, wow, look, it actually, it's, something's happening, something's going on. And listen, I say to you, a lot of times you're trying to live the Christian life, you're going through the motions, but you're not plugged into the power source. Get plugged in, man. Get plugged in. And when you're going, you're taking your time and you're, you're spending your time with prayer and you're talking to the Lord. Hey, you're getting plugged into the power source. Boy, this was the Apostle Paul's desire. He said in Philippians 3.10 that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Earlier, back in January, when I was reading in the book of Exodus, I, uh, I was reading some things, obviously, about Moses, and I came across Exodus 33, verse 13. Read this verse, I know, many a times, but the verse says, Now, therefore, I pray thee, if Moses speaking, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee. I thought, wow, Moses is saying that. This is Moses, and Moses is praying and saying, Lord, show me thy way that I may know thee. I thought, good night, all that Moses knew about God and spent, I mean, he, he stood before Pharaoh and they seen the miracles and God, I mean, he's seen God in the burning bush and across the Red Sea, all that Moses, and Moses is praying and saying, Lord, show me your way. I want to know you, Lord. I mean, you're thinking about the, one of the greatest men in the Old Testament saying, Lord, I want to know you. And then I thought about the Apostle Paul, the greatest possibly in the New Testament. And he says, Lord, I want to know you. Young people, if Moses wanted to know God and needed to know God, and Paul wanted to know God and needed to know God, how about you and I? How about you and I? That I may know him. These men desired the presence of God. They, de- they, they desired the power of God. They desired the purpose of God. You see, when I seek, direction is explored. When I knock, determination is exerted. When I knock. You know, the battle that you face is a very real Spiritual warfare. It really is. Hey, young people, all hell's up against you. All hell is up against godly homes. All of hell is up against godly marriages. And when you keep on knocking and you keep on knocking, and you keep on knocking, that is determination that says, devil, you can't have my life. 
Hey, devil, you can't have my marriage, devil. Hey, devil, you can't have my parents. Hey, devil, you can't have my kids. Hey, devil, you can't have my ministry. And so you keep on knocking and you keep on praying. And when you, whether you realize it or not, there are people that are depending upon you. So keep on. Let me close with this, and I want to answer a question that maybe some of you might be sitting there asking. I've prayed, but God didn't answer. Why? Well, let me say this. God answers prayer. First of all, sometimes he answers right away. Sometimes God answers right away. Number two, sometimes he answers, but different from what we wanted or what we expected. But I can tell you this, if it's different, it's always better. Let me quickly say this, and I've got to hurry. I had a couple in our church, they were praying for a house and, and uh, uh, boy, they just, it just, it was falling through and just wasn't uh, working out. And, and, um, and, you know, boy, they had their heart set on this house and boy, they, I remember them at the church, they were crying and, and they were so upset that, uh, uh, that this, uh, uh, this, it was falling through and weren't going to make it. And I said, Hey, listen, it's okay. God's got something better. Oh, how they desired that house and Lo and behold, it went through and they ended up getting the house only to find out in less than a year later there was major foundation problems that cost over $30,000 to get fixed. And let me tell you something. If God, if God doesn't answer the way you think it, it ought to be answered, it's okay. It's okay. His ways are always better. You know, there have been times that it seemed like it was the wrong answer, but I later found out that it was the best answer. We started our church, we met in a hotel, we met there for three years. Man, that was challenging. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, going into a hotel and setting up chairs and putting out song books and all the things for three years. We'd get a lead on a church building and We'd go and boy, we'd pray on that. Boy, I tell you, we found we had some that were very nice, and and of course, anything from a hotel is is, is nice and better than what you had. And but there was some that were very nice, and we'd go and we'd pray and we'd plead that God give us this, Lord, give us this facility. God say no. Several places that I remember, God finally answered our prayer after three years. He gave me a place I didn't think was the right place. It was a building that was built back in 1881. A building that needed work, had an old pipe organ. Behind that pipe organ was a mess. Basement, nurseries were in the basement. Portable baptistry was in the basement. We'd take seniors down there and had to take them down there and they'd have to go into the bathroom chains and they'd come out and go up in this portable baptistry. I mean, it was amazing. It's just, all of our parking was street parking. But we were excited. We had a building. We had a place to meet. But you know, God didn't open some of those doors that I thought would work and would be best. But he put us where he put us for six years. Because he knew if he would have given us these other places, we would have been satisfied. But when he put us in this place, we weren't satisfied. 
And after being there for six years and the Lord leading us and growing, we got to the place. I went to the church back in 2003, January. I said, church, I said, we need to get out of this place. We need to get some property we need to, we, so we can continue to grow and expand. And, and I said, I want you to know, I said, I, pray with me about three things. I said, I'm asking God for 10 acres of land, but not just uh, asking God for 10 acres of land. I'm asking God to give us 10 acres of land. Ten acres of land where I was wanting. And the third thing I asked was to be on the highway, the expressway, I-75. That was a vision and dream I had ever since we started the church. Well, ten acres of land anywhere along I-75 would be a million plus. That was in January of 2003. Long story short, God parted the Red Sea for us and did a Red Sea miracle for us and gave us not eight acres, Dr. R, not 12 acres, but he gave us 10 acres of land. He gave us 10 acres of land. And you can throw a strawberry from our parking lot and hit the semi-trucks as they go by. You say, how do you know? Ask my two boys. Sometimes he answers, but different from what we wanted or expected. But I can tell you this, if it's differently than what you want, I can tell you it is always better. Sometimes God answers no. That's an answer. You know what I've learned to do when God says no to me when in my prayers? I've learned to say thank you. Thank you. You say, well, why would God say no? Number of reasons. But I'll give you one. You might be asking for something that'll hurt you. Imagine having a grandson. Dr. R, you're in there shaving and your little grandson come in. Maybe he's three or four years of age. He said, Papa, he said, he said I want to shave. Can you give me a razor? You're going to say, Why? I could hurt him. And I can tell you this, God loves you too much to hurt you. Sometimes God answers, they're delayed. But I can tell you this, he's never late. He's never late. I can't promise that God will give you the answer that you want or answer on your timeline. But I can promise you this, he answers every prayer. And he keeps every promise. Let me say again, the great tragedy of our day is not unanswered prayers, but unoffered prayers. Ask, seek, knock. Hey, three small words. Are you listening, young people? I'm telling you, it's to change your life. Three small words. Ask, seek, and knock. But it's on those three small words, a mighty big door can swing open into a mighty big room full of treasures and miracles from the Lord. How I many got a school bill? I just wonder, when is the last time you took the balance of what you owe to the Lord and said, Lord, I owe $3,750.27, Lord. 
You need a job? When's the last time you went and said, Lord, I need a job. Lord, I need a place to work. Lord, whatever it is, when is the last time you prayed? But I can tell you, if you're not praying, you're saying, God, I've got this. I don't need you. And you're missing out on asking and seeking and knocking. That'll open a mighty big door into a mighty big room full of treasures and miracles that God wants to do in your life. And I say to you, young people, while you're here and you're learning all there is to learn, and praise God for it, make sure you don't leave without learning to pray. Lord, teach us.